Yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Game 6 Clay Podcast. It's your boy, Gotham. The full squad today, my boys, Matt and Chuck. Welcome back, brothers. Welcome to the second round. Uh, it's been a minute since we've got the full squad back. Um, last time we recorded together, Warriors were going into Game 6. Um, we thought it was a wrap. Um, obviously, it took a little extra time, a little extra 48 minutes. A Steph Curry 50-piece, first time in Game 7. Um, but we made it this past the Sacramento Kings and on to another California rival, the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. And um, look, before we get into the game, um, the series, everything, how we doing, boys? How we feeling? Oh, man. I mean, I had better circumstances. Uh, that was, I mean, first thing first, man, one hell of a game yesterday especially especially considering you know we're recording after uh the celtics just absolutely uh stomped out the sixers like mvp you can't take for you can't take for granted just the fact that like through all like we've just had bangers only through the playoffs so far like every game except for like game game three. three of the sacramento series has been sick but i mean you know i'll still watch the warriors put the herd on somebody uh, any day of the week. I mean, man, uh, it's some great basketball. Things uh, to see him go out that way, but they were just, man, crazy stats all over the place. Like, Warriors hitting their franchise record playoffs threes and losing. Um, I think LeBron and AD were the first to get, like, what was it, 20-10-5 and in, like, three blocks or something like that mm. in the playoffs as the duo. Uh, AD had an insane game. The Lakers got so many paint shots, so many free throws. Like every everything about this game just felt do you, totally do you out know of if black. the Lakers shot more free throws than the Warriors? I would if, if, uh, I, it's, if I had to venture it's a guess. Very hard. If I had to venture a guess, it's I will. I will crunch the numbers on that, and I'll get back to you. Bro. You got 10 free, uh, 10 free stats on, on stat twos out before you got to pay for it. But, no, man, you're right, Chuck. That was that, – that game one obviously didn't go the way the Warriors wanted, but um, a, hell of, a hell of a game. Um, I think we're shaping up to have a hell of a series. Um, totally – I mean, you know the saying, styles make fights, and these are two, com- like, diametrically opposite teams. You got – um, the Lakers with their athleticism, their size, um, just really destroy you down low. Um, AD, like you said, man, just a monster first game, 30 and 23. And uh, the Dubs, as obviously, you know, the, the team of the era, they've, they've changed the way basketball's played, took like 53 threes, um, got to the line like nine times. Um, so completely two different teams, um, two teams who've kind of had a similar season, like regular season. Uh, the Lakers started off two and 10, the Warriors started off three and seven. Um, we're kind of just clawing their way to uh to to the playoffs and and now here in the second round and you know when you're looking at the rest of the at the rest of the league out there you got Denver but you know the Lakers and the Warriors are are two of the you know most complete best looking teams right now so we're we're really in for a treat of series um, but let's just jump right into game one man um, tough loss one seventeen one twelve um, the Lakers kind of took it to them um, it felt like. You could see that uh, AD was AD was getting his way. Um, we had thirty and twenty three. Um, D'Lo Schroeder combined for thirty eight points um, between them. Um, LeBron James being LeBron James, just, uh, kind of the newest version of LeBron James that we're seeing. 
a lot more off the ball, still managed to put up 22-5 and whatever. Um, and then on the other side, you know, it, was, it felt, you know, Jordan Poole kind of found it, found his stride. Uh, Steph kind of had a, you know, so-so game shooting-wise, it felt like. Um, Clay came out high again, so-so game. Um, and Draymond kind of just uh, not not the best game we've seen. Looney, another 20-point rebound. So talk me through uh, your thoughts on game one, uh, just what, what you guys saw. Um, and really, why, why did we lose, man? Why, why are the Warriors staring at a 1-0 deficit going into game two? It kind of felt like the Warriors were like – to me, it felt like all the things that fans say, like, oh, my God, they have Anthony Davis. It felt like the Warriors went into the game that same way. And we've, we've texted about this a good amount, but the Warriors were just – Quite frankly, they played scared at the rim yesterday. It wasn't like um, – it wasn't fear that led to, like, you know, silly shots at the rim. It was fear that led to almost no shots at the rim, right? Shock, you had a stat that has been uh, deconstructed and argued on Twitter. But the Warriors basically didn't didn't have a half court. No one in the half court wanted the rim until 18 minutes in the game, Chuck. Is that right? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty rough. Um in the total of the entire first half, uh, two field goals that came off of half-court drives. Uh, one of them was the one that I posted where it was Clay just kind of like getting stuck on the block and leaning in for a weird layup. Uh, AD was also, again, right there. Um, and the other was just a drive and kick to Dante that was missed. Uh, they had like one, one play where uh, someone very – passionately argued with me, said, no, uh, Draymond got this one drive in transition, which to be fair, I, you know, I don't, I don't count that as a real drive because like, Hey, you know, kudos to you for like attacking the unsettled defense or whatever, but it wasn't really like breaking down the defense. You know, they were just kind of out of sorts. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, no, great. Uh, three drives leading to a field goal attempt is much better than two. Uh, in an I entire do half basketball. I do, I do love the whole, like, you're an idiot because you were off by one, potentially, takes. Those are yeah. my favorites. Um, it's the but best. either way, it's it's the Warriors did not put Davis in any position to defend yesterday. It's kind of a – and, again, that's, that's not accurate. Davis was awesome. That's not me taking away from him yesterday. He was, he was a deterrent for sure. But you have to give him a reason to not feel 100% comfortable down there. Whether that's, hey, you're going to get blocked a couple times. Okay, but go get a foul. Go get the two fouls on the guy. Go, if you're, you know, talking about coming up, talking about Wiggins, try to dunk on Davis. It's just like, I know it's hard. I know it's not the right thing sometimes. And I know he's not the best guy to always challenge. But if you're the Lakers, you know, the Warriors are not willing to ta- challenge him. And you're a three-point shooting team like they are. And they're more so now than they ever have been, right? There was periods of that game where I was just like, are we watching the the 2017 Rockets right now? That's how it felt at certain times. Because it was just, they were hoisting away, which... That's their advantage in the series, right, is the three-point shooters. But, again, we're going to see more and more top blocking. We're going to see um, defenders just chasing around those screens and behind those screens as opposed to, you know, going under. That's going to keep happening. And so these guys have to either be willing, especially Steph and Clay and Poole, have to be willing to pull up on quick mid-range shots. Or um, we're going to talk about this later on, sure, but put these guys in more ball screens early on, especially to step on the ball, right? But you can't just let Davis hang out there. You just can't do it because he's – we saw what he did, and he's he and Draymond, in my opinion, are the two best guys in the league at just just defending in general. So you have to make the guy work, and the Warriors didn't do that yesterday. They let Davis play as comfortable a defense as he could have, I thought. Um, and that was kind of the story of the game. I don't think it's really debatable to say that Davis was the best player on the floor last night. He was. Like, he was the best player on the floor, and it wasn't particularly close. 
Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis yeah, one... really lost that game. Um, I think just like you said, Matt, I feel like every time, especially at the beginning of the game, it felt like offensively they let AD get into a rhythm, um, kind of hit those early mid-range jumpers. Um, he was crashing the glass. And, you know, we'll get into the adjustments a little bit. But like you said, I, they, they just didn't make him feel uncomfortable. And we saw, you know, in the I think in the Grizzlies series, there's a couple games where, you know, when you're when you're making AD work and, and being physical with them and, He's more of a finesse player. Um, I feel like it's it's you know, obviously he's got he's got the uh the size, the uh the athleticism, the ability to hit that shot. But when you make him work, like you said, um it, it just it he turns into a totally different factor. And I think the Warriors didn't do that in game one. So um I think that, that you know, big reason why they lost. And you know, they did shoot 40%, but like you said, there's a lot of them felt like the misses, especially were were shots that either could have been like I said, one dribble pull up, um, get a better look, or um, and some of them just felt like they they just missed. So, um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it was uh, it wasn't that big of a, it wasn't as hard of a loss as I as I took it, and I we'll get into you know what we want to see, but um, it felt like a feel out game. Um, Warriors coming off one day of rest, um, the Lakers coming off four completely different series um, from the Sacramento um, series. Obviously, just the two different teams and. Um, you know, the, the, the series starts now, um, you got, you're down one zero, but, um, nothing, nothing crazy that I saw last night where it was like, you know what, this team is just drastically better than the Warriors. Um, yeah, Chuck. Yeah. I think one thing too, Matt, you know, to go on your point of how excellent, uh, Anthony Davis was, Derek Vanderbilt also had an unreal game. Um, he was so good on Steph especially with the ball denial. And, you know, that puts the Warriors in an uncomfortable spot because you want Steph to be able to, like, fly around the screens. But if they have a guy who's, you know, (laughs) just dogging him around everything, like, it's crazy how this guy can just get himself skinny over screens, uh, just flat-out deny him the ball on handoffs. Um, you got to put the ball in his hands early Mm -hmm. to discourage Vanderbilt from doing that. It helps you get into the offense earlier. And then you see better results because, you know, if it starts with a Steph pick and roll at 18 seconds, like you have a much better opportunity than, you know, guys dribbling up and then being caught, you know, denying having two handoffs denied. And then it's, you know, nine, 10 seconds left on the shot clock and Kevon Looney or Draymond have the ball. Uh, like you got to you got to put yourself in a position where you're not just super reliant on the ball being able to get in Steph's hands when he's moving around off it. So we're definitely going to see some more diets pick and roll in the next game. Um, I wonder, you know, if the Lakers are going to try to counter that, like maybe mix in a little more Dennis Schrader on him, who also did a really good job. So that'll be an interesting point to watch. But, you know, we've said it before with the Warriors. You can't just rely on Steph bailing you out every night, even if he will most games. No, and even then, like, I think it's a good point. I think bringing up just Steph having the ball – it, it's okay to be clear. We, the guys, the, one of the best ISO scorers in the league, and he has been for however long now, right? But the Lakers were kind of giving up switches at the end of the game pretty easily, I thought, um, with Bando there. And when Steph was getting Reeves or Schroeder or whoever else, that's when you kind of started to see him get going. And it's also just, you've got to put pressure on other guys in the defense. And the Warriors, when it was coming down to it, you saw things kind of slogging. You saw Jordan Poole become the only guy who we got to talk about Poole in a second because. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to it. But uh, they got to put pressure early on 
on Vanderbilt to fight through screens to make him work. And again, we know Steph, again, we can say what we want. If one body type makes Steph struggle, it's length and it's, it's persistent length, especially off the ball, right? Good ball denial guards like or forwards like Vanderbilt or like uh, Mikhail Bridges, right? We've seen Bridges had some, had some success with Steph early in the year. Until we start getting those high ball screens for Steph, right? And then you make those guys work a little more. And that, again, it'll just start opening things up for everybody else, too. So I hope, again, we're, I'm sure we'll see it. We're going to see a lot more on ball Steph next game, I got no doubt. Um, but you can't just – in a series, it's going to be, in a lot of ways, a defensive slog. It's it's going to be hard to not have the ball in your best player's hands as often as you can, I think. And I, I like like you said, I think the – my biggest takeaway from the game last night was was the minutes. And I know everybody makes a big deal about, you know, why aren't you playing? It's the playoffs. Like, play these guys 40, 45 minutes. You know, coming off a of seven-game series against the Kings, and obviously the Lakers were more well-rested. They ran AD and LeBron pretty much that – I think it was the entire fourth quarter. Um, but you saw that those guys – like, when the Warriors went on their run, it was – the Lakers were looking gassed, and the Warriors looked fresh, um, even with that – even coming off that one, one-day rest. So, like – I think, yeah, like in that in that stretch when they went with the small ball, um, ran a lot more uh, pick and rolls, Steph on the ball. Um, you still you saw the offense being able to get stuff going. Um, I think um, a lot of it was on Draymond. I think Draymond really wasn't that much of an offensive. Uh, Chuck, I think. Oh, God, you said a lot of it was on uh, Schroeder. On Draymond, like on the offensive Draymond, okay. end. Yeah, my bad. Um, on the offensive end, like I think Draymond just had a bad game. Um, he struggled. We've seen him struggle, you know, against the last year in the Celtics. Um, I think it was a game one or two against Sacramento, even. And he, he said, you know, it wasn't really my best game. And I think he recognized that. I think defensively, um, there, there, there's going to be some changes. I, I'd like to see Draymond on on AD and um, offensively, he's just got to be more of a threat. Um, I think AD being that in in the the interior defender that he is, uh, he's changing a lot of shots. Draymond had a bunch of missed layups, um, so a lot of stuff to clean up on the margins. But um, you know, down the stretch of that game one, the Warriors definitely found, I think, a formula that they can you know repeat. And you know, especially coming into game two, um, it's a quick turnaround. So, um, expect like you said, expect to see them run a lot more. You know, high pick and roll, um, and really put take the take the. Uh, take the offense to the, to the Lakers um, because their defense is legit. And so you got to make them, you got to make them work and put them in actions that, that they've been uncomfortable with. And, and you've had success with them down the stretch in the fourth quarter. It is like, I'm glad you brought up Draymond just because his, his role in the series is very strange. And it's like one of the great conundrums, right? Is when Steph has the ball more, Draymond has the ball less. And that's one of the things Draymond, like, again, it's not a big secret, right? When Draymond doesn't have the ball on offense, he's not as much of a threat, right? He's a, his, his, his best role on offense is quite literally that facilitator role, like great passing forward. That's who he is and he can't shoot. So when we have these moments where it's Steph, Dre, Loon, I mean, I, I, I at certain points forgot Draymond was out there yesterday offensively. Right. And that's not by coincidence. That's because his role in a series like this, where you're kind of giving him the Vando or rust treatment, he's going to have a hard time, especially playing alongside Looney when that can happen to two different guys. You know, Looney is going to, present himself as more of a, again, this is not to say Looney is a post threat or a threat near the basket, but he's more so that the Draymond just by the nature of where he plays on the court. So it's going to be interesting for me to see at least if the Warriors just jump to a small ball lineup pretty quick with Draymond at the five and look at a Wiggins at the four or a Moody at the four. I'm just curious, Chuck, what are you thinking with regards to Draymond's role right now? Offensively and defensively. I think he's, I mean, I think defensively he's still as important as ever. You're playing against Guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron, 
especially with, you know, what we saw, like they are just, they're not a team that even needs to score outside to win. Um, and I think he's going to be as important as ever, you know, making those rotations, testing as many layups as he can. Uh, he had a couple pretty devastating blocks last night too. Um, so I think there are adjustments that can be made. You know, you need to surround them with more capable cutters. I think offensively, you know, we really didn't see a whole lot of good cuts last night. Um, even though that was the majority of where their offense at the rim came from, it just speaks to how bad the driving was that they, they weren't cutting that well and their cutting was better than the driving. Um, but I think, you know, this is where you maybe see a guy like Kaminga and the equation a little more Gary Payton too if you can because you need to get Draymond going in the short roll in front of Anthony Davis you know like taking a floater or two to keep him honest but those guys need to be cutting hard off the back lines the wings need to be rotating into the corners to fill those spots like give Draymond options to break down this defense off the short roll because mm. if they're going to go more pick and roll heavy uh, Draymond's going to have to have some possessions where, you know, Steph's a little tired. He just wants to draw two to the ball and dump it in. And we know Draymond can play four on three with the best of them when he's quarterbacking it. So that's how I think you really get him involved. You know, put him in that short role. It's where he's always been money. And put in guys, you know, guys like Moses Moody too. Like we know Moses is getting really smart about when to cut, when to stay in the corner. Um, he's a ready-made guy. You know, he's going to go through contact. He's not afraid of an Anthony Davis. Uh, even if he should be, he doesn't care. He's going to go into him. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of what you need to see is a little more Draymond in the pick and roll, a little more capable corner guys. Compliment on that. Yeah, it feels like in a series of the Warriors are like it, – it just the, it's a weird, weird scenario where they just don't – they're somehow more athletic, but less physically capable than the Warriors and it's or than the Lakers, pardon me. And a guy like Kaminga, like I, I just I love that role for him, that potential baseline you could all rule. Uh Wiggins in that same spot. But I Chuck, I think it's gonna be super important in the next game. It's just anything they can do to put pressure on the rim. And that's again, that's why we love the Steph Hypic and roll, right? Because Draymond, short roller, he's finding a cutter, right? If he's willing to pop up a floater or try to finish once or twice, that changes everything for the rest of the game. Gotham, what do you think of him? Yeah, I hear you, man. I think uh, for Draymond, especially like is when when he's been, you know, an offensive liability, it's been because, you know, you're not able to get that pressure to the rim. And obviously, AD is is that he's he's the best in the business. Um, I think, you know, if you had to, you know, guess, but I think, like you said, a guy like Kuminga, GP2, um, they were leaving GP open on the on the threes uh, yesterday. Um, want to see him again back in that dunker spot role. That's where he's best. Um, Kuminga in there. I think, like you said, like the Lakers athleticism and length, I think will honestly play well to a guy like Kuminga who, you know, push come to shove. He, he's a guy who can get to the hole, get to the, get to the foul line. Um, need him to crash the rebounds, um, you know, just with the Lakers being a, a length, a lengthy team. And, you know, that's, uh, that's been the point of emphasis for him and, and Steve Kerr's made it known. So, you know, I want to see Kuminga get some run. I think Moody, like you said, Chuck, Moody's been incredible. We saw him in the King series, just staying ready, uh, cracking the rotation towards the end of the season right there. So um, they have options. And I think, especially if they were to go to a, a small ball uh, with, with Draymond at the five, um, you've got, you've got options to, to kind of spread the floor and, you know, keep that open. And, and a big part of that is 
you know, is re- is relied on a guy like Jordan Poole, um, who, you know, we got. I want to I want to ask you guys about the shot, because um, you've seen a lot about it. Um, I personally didn't think I liked the shot. I I didn't think I didn't hate it. Um, I wish you know, obviously, would have. The only thing I didn't like was there's 10 seconds left, but on the clock. But you know, JP hit six threes that game. Um, Steph got doubled, counted in rhythm, a little far out, but you know, we've seen him make that shot. You know, it just it just didn't go down. So um, I didn't hate the shot, but I love Jordan Poole's aggressiveness yesterday. I think that, you know, that was the biggest problem for him in the King series was kind of finding that kind of medium of, of being under control and also while also, you know, creating and, and hitting shots. And, you know, for Jordan, his his role on this team is so, is so niche because he's got to be a, he's got to be hitting shots at a high clip to really feel the impact. And, you know, he's been a streaky shooter, um, not just this season, like his, his entire career, but um, what makes him, what makes him dangerous is his ability to get to the line, um, slow the game down for the Warriors, you know, kind of just beat the Lakers at their own game, I'd say. Um, so um, it, it just, it, a lot of this is hinging, is hinging on Jordan Poole for me in terms of, you know, the Warriors really being able to make the small ball uh, work, but um, just your guys' thoughts on on JP last night because you know it, it. I think game seven too um, against Sacramento, he had a solid. Um, felt like he was under control. Didn't really turn the ball over. Um, did what he had to do. Um, so with with this series now kind of starting to take shape, I think Jordan Poole is going to be a big part of of the Warriors making it to the next round or not. So I didn't I didn't um, like the shot. I'm not gonna lie. So I, the shot I, I was fine with. I hated it at first. Um, after stepping away from my in-game emotions, which no matter what happens are bad and negative, um, I was able <laughs> to reassess my position on it. And uh, listen, he's he's wide open. He hit six threes. He's uh, take a step in, maybe. That's all I would say. Maybe take a dribble, dribble and step in a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, that's it's if he makes it, we're all thrilled. And Jordan Poole was seven for nine from three, and we're all ecstatic, right? Um, I'm still, I still don't feel comfortable with Jordan Bowling floor. And I didn't feel comfortable with him most of the game yesterday. He was a plus seven. He was good yesterday. And more, most importantly, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, but the things that when he's making threes, that's fantastic. Right. We, that's, it's huge when he's shot making in general. That's just not what they need from him. And they needed him to score yesterday. And he did that. And I sound like a uh, hot take, right? Hot take. Jordan Poole's six threes didn't help the Warriors. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. I think his I think his threes helped the Warriors. <laughs> I think he was I think he was really good. But I just think I don't want to see this lead to a trigger happy Jordan Poole from outside because they have, again, this is a theme of the year, right? They have Stephen Clay, who are the the greatest at what they do in making and taking tough long balls, right? Um, I want to see Poole continue to attack because again, we keep talking about rim pressure. That's the thing they lack the most, and that's the thing that he provides. And oodles, to quote Hannibal Lecter, okay, that's the thing he provides uh, more than anybody else in this team, okay. And I just didn't like. I did not buy a lot of what he was doing as a thing, to, as a as a process to be relied upon going forward. And he again, huge shots he made. I don't buy the process. The results were fantastic. Um, I don't. And then I, on the note of the shot, stepping back. Hey, have yourself a ball. You hit six threes in a playoff game. Take the shot. So going back more to that process too, um, one thing that I thought was interesting. So like early in the game too, especially when Steph goes out, uh, Pool becomes sort of the offensive focal point, and the Lakers wanted to go under on all of his screens, like handoffs, pick and rolls, whatever it was, and he made them pay. Like three threes in that second quarter. I think he had thirteen total points. 
Um, he was looking good, but I think the problem for me, and I'm in I'm in the same boat as you, Matt. You know, I don't have a problem with the final shot. Like maybe he could take a dribble in, but you know, few players have that kind of presence of mind when you have like open game tying shot, even mm-hmm. if you're 28 feet deep. Um, they kept like they kept going under on the screens. He makes them pay. He doesn't start like driving off of that. You know, and so like once guys start going over, you have to take them to the rim. You can't just pass out of that. Like those are the opportunities that are made for you. And I think that's the frustrating part is burying those early shots. What leads you to getting getting paint touches, getting free throws, getting kickouts, opportunities for other guys. Because, you know, when the offense is stagnant, just like running endless handoffs and, you know, split actions to death, like Poole's one of those guys who can shake it loose getting to the rim, getting himself some contact, you know, slowing the game down, getting guys in foul trouble. So, you know, that's that that that's kind of the frustrating part to me is you did the first step, which is so important. You hit the early shots to make them think about it, and you didn't take advantage after that. Yeah, and I think for Jordan especially, like that that's kind of been the the story of of this season. Um I feel like last year, especially in the playoffs, you know, his especially that, I, I just think about that Nugget series and the and the Grizzlies one where he really made his impact known. And, you know, you talk about the defense of those teams, but um, he was constantly attacking um, and the, the jump shot was kind of like the icing on the cake. This year, especially, it feels like, you know, he's, he's deferring a lot more to, to shooting. Um, it's just taking a lot of shots that, you know, you're only really fine with Steph. And even when Clay takes some, you know, just wonky threes, you're, now you're like, hey, you know, Maybe maybe drive that or kick it or whatever. So he's 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 taking a lot of Steph Curry shots, and you know when he makes them, like you said, like I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about a, a momentum swing in three, but um, I'm with you. I think the process for Jordan has to be focused on finding a way to get to the uh, to free throw line. He's the only guy really that can, on this team that can successfully get to the free throw line at a, at a high clip and and knock down those free throws. I think obviously Wiggins just with his with his athleticism, but you know not the best free throw shooter. Um, so with Jordan, when Jordan gets to the free throw line, gets you know, eight to 10 times, Warriors probably win that game. Um, he gets into a rhythm, slows the game down, gets the defense set so they can get out in transition. So, um, that's what Jordan Poole has to do, especially if the Warriors are going to go to the small ball lineup, um, with whoever, you know, Kuminga, Moody, Draymond to five, Looney, whoever's there. Um, Jordan's going to have to be that, that third guy on the floor and, and really make the Lakers pay for, for whatever they decide to to focus on on the defensive end because they're funneling everybody into the paint and somebody's got to make him pay. That's not Steph or clay. So, and that that's what Jordan Poole got paid for. Yeah. It feels that the Warriors can't survive if one of Wiggins and Poole doesn't get going. And I just want to backtrack real quick. I'm sorry. If you're Jordan Poole as well, I'm sorry. I again, he was a plus seven, right? Yeah. They won his minutes, which is huge. Okay. Some of the defensive stuff, you cannot be a target for guys like Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves on defense. Like if you're getting ISO by those guys and they're blowing those two guys, again, my, like I, Reeves is good. Schroeder is good. They're good. They are rotation point guards in the NBA. They cannot see you, Jordan Poole, and Seafood. They That cannot happen. And you cannot – there's a few possessions. There's one where Poole just – it was talked about in the broadcast, but we, we all have the same thoughts, right? You have to compete. You have to compete defensively. When when those guys with the Lakers role players are looking at you and thinking, oh, it's a bucket, that can't happen. 
that can't happen. You got to play defense. So I hope tomorrow um, our guy steps up because we've seen it. We've seen it in spurts, right? And we're not. He's not being asked to guard. This is not a series that 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 a poor defensive perimeter player should be targeted for the Warriors. There's no perimeter uh, scores the Lakers that should actually be threats to any Warriors perimeter players. D'Angelo Russell aside, who was just somehow on the floor yesterday, how the hell did that happen? Uh, he has Gary Payton biting on pump fakes. I don't know what was happening. I have no clue what happened, but um, so I don't like count that happening again. That but Pool needs to be better on defense. And again, I feel like I'm a classic Pool hater right now. I'm not. I, I actually maybe I am. That's not true. I've ripped on Pool all year, but I'm trying to be uh, trying to be realistic. The guy's got to play better defense, and he's got to play to his strengths. Um, what do we What do we need from our guy Wiggs tomorrow? Stay aggressive. Stay aggressive. The defense too. I think LeBron. Uh, I think his his primary matchup should be LeBron. Um, like I said earlier, I, I want to see Draymond on AD, but Wiggins is length on LeBron. He, a lot of his shots were short yesterday. I think he did a great job just contesting, staying in front. He got beaten a couple of times. Obviously, that D'Lo like last second shot or whatever last minute shot to go up after the Warriors tied it. Um, so I think Wiggs could have been a little better on the defensive end. It felt like he got lost a few times, but um, his length um, defensively is going to be obviously was is what makes him a great defender but um especially on on this Lakers team who's already just athletic and and lengthy um the Warriors got to be able to combat that and and Wiggs is Wiggs is that guy and I I think my key to the series has been you know who's going to be that third and fourth guy to step up like you said without Wiggs and JP like it's not it's not the Warriors it's going to be hard for them to win games so you need Wiggins to you know find his offense um it feels like just the shooting's just been a little bit off since uh since he's come back. Um, especially from three. Feels like, you know, he's been going, you know, two for seven, one for six kind of game. So um if once Wiggs kind of gets his legs under him and, and can it truly be two way Wiggs, um, hopefully sooner than later. But um I think Andrew Wiggins is gonna be a huge X factor um for the Warriors on both ends, but um his offense can really put him over the top um once he gets going. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think with with Wiggs in tow, dude. Like not only are you getting the excellent defense, but you know we saw yesterday. Like he's willing to step in, you know, try to face a guy up. He can get good mid range shots, make them. Um, he's when he's really going right. You know, he's getting his rebounds. He's more engaged. He's maybe the best cutter that they have. Uh, so yeah, like you need you need him to do like his job besides bringing the elite perimeter defense is filling in all the gaps offensively, you know, shooting here, cutting there, a little ISO possession here, a little screening there. Like that's what you need out of him. And if he's firing on all cylinders, doing all of those things, it just makes everyone else's job so much easier. So I think you're right. You know, Fliggins, Fliggins plays a great game for them, especially on the offensive end of the floor uh, that can really open things up for their guys. Yeah, I I think Wiggins is somebody who I I appreciate a lot just as a basketball fan who can be effective in a game without scoring. And he kind of did that the other day. He wasn't he wasn't incredible. It wasn't his best game, but you know he's gonna make LeBron work. He takes that matchup personally. He always has. Um, I really, I mean, I'm not. It's gonna sound really reductive. This feels like a series where the Warriors can actually run a lot of that cross screen action to get Wiggins some shots in the block, whether it's with D'Lo or Reeves or um, Shredder. He has that size advantage, and he's 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 good down there. Hit that little push shot he has, a nice little shot. And he usually hits it. 
Um, obviously, AD is always lurking, but still. Um, and even on that note, just a total side note, this just feels like a series where, again, given the right matchup, I, I'm cool with the Mark Jackson offense, the clay post-up. I'm cool with the Wiggins uh, deep seal right now because just given the Warriors don't – or Lakers don't have guys that I don't think can really punish clay down there or punish Wiggins down there. Um, what do you guys – so Wiggins aside, unless you guys want to add anything else there, um, what do you want to see more of or who – not what, sorry. Who do you want to see more of next game maybe that you haven't seen a whole lot of this far? I know we've mentioned Camino. Is there anybody else – and maybe who do you want to see less of? Uh, less of, you know, Dante, man. I, I love Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I think the guy did a lot for us in the uh, in the regular season to to get the team here, especially just with so many guys being out. But, man, it's it's been maybe, you know, maybe you figure something out next game. But I think if, if Dante is not going to be aggressive on offense, if he's not hitting shots, um, the defense just hasn't been there. Um, the King series, you know, you saw it, the the matchup with Monk and Fox and whoever. It felt like Dante just wasn't was just a step slow. And then last night too, it just felt like he wasn't. You know, the the one play I can just remember off the top of my head is is one of the only times that the paint really opened up and Dante kind of just went up kind of haphazardly and then passed it out. Didn't get a good shot. And you know, if he's not making an impact, um, I think you got to give those minutes to one of Kuminga, Moody, or, or GP2. Um, I think what they bring defensively, Moody on the offensive end, GP as a – or on the uh, defensive rebounding, just entirely. Moses has been great. Um, guy like GP, the dunker spot, hit that corner three. And I – I, I, you know, I said it last uh, series, I think Kuminga still, man, he, he didn't do anything that did not, you know – outside of like not rebound, but in the regular season, you saw the spurts of, you know, being able to, he can be that secondary defender on LeBron, um, kind of have him, you know, if you put him on like a Vando, have him kind of just roaming and doing this thing. So I, I really think Jonathan Kuminga's athleticism, his defensive prowess, um, what he can, he can hit that corner three. He's, he's obviously a high flyer. So I want to see less of Dante and, and more of, you know, one of those three guys, preferably Kuminga. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just sucks because you know Dante. Dante was a fan favorite. I, you know, I, I know we all, all three of us had had a high praises for him during the season. But um, for what we've seen so far in the playoffs, just this is not the impact just hasn't been there. Yeah, my thing. I got a kind of a combo, uh, less of and more of. Um, I really like the strategy of throwing in some pinch, you know, I like the idea of throwing in some pinch to Michael Green minutes because you know the Lakers are going to leave him alone and he can hit some shots from outside. Um, but he just doesn't bring the kind of defensive intensity they need or the intensity on the glass. And I think that's where Kaminga should come in because, you know, he's not the guy who's going to, you know, maybe he can hit some outside shots in a game. You know, he's he's a guy who can go like two or four you know, have some three or five nights. Uh, but he can he can drive like hell off these open spaces. So, you know, if you put him in a position where he's catching the ball and no defender is within 10 feet of him, uh, I think you can put him in some really good positions, especially if guys are, you know, able to cut off of that, able to relocate if he's looking to make passes along with getting into the lane, you know, trying to post guys up. Uh, that's, that's where I think I want to see is, you know, Use him as kind of an offensive outlet. You can drive, draw some contact, get guys without trouble. Yeah, I can't even tell you. I was so surprised. I, I genuinely not again. We've watched all of us collectively probably two hundred thirty-three Warriors games this year, right? 
Uh, we don't miss a lot of games. I don't mean it like this. I forgot Jermichael Green existed. I forgot who he was and he popped on the floor and I was like, wow. I was thinking today to myself, Warriors do not have a stretch big to pull Anthony Davis outside the paint. And then, lo and behold, Michael Green. two for three from three. But like you said, Chuck, they weren't guarding him, right? So that space is a little bit it's not it's not what you'd hope from a guy like that. But if he's gonna hit it and he's giving he's out there hitting six, he's getting six points for you in four or five minutes, whatever, you take it, right? Um can we pause real quick? I just want to take note. Did you guys know Looney had 10 and 23 yesterday? I did not. After, until I saw the box score, I didn't know he had 23 rebounds again. I was just looking it's and I was insane, like, I, dude. It's, it's, it's wild. That is, I, Davis had 30 and 23, just to be clear. But Dave, the fact that two guys in the same game combined for 46 rebounds is wild. That, I don't know how often that has happened. The crazy stuff. Uh, Chuck, I agree. I think we're all on the same page. Wanted to see some coming over in pressure, and I think I like the you mentioned the you know the pitch minutes for for Green. I just think um, I agree. Gotham Dante, he's just he's not giving you a whole lot right now. It'd be different if the three ball was falling at all, but I want to say he's shooting below twenty percent in the playoffs, um, and that's not that's obviously not going to cut it, especially in a series like this where we're going to keep seeing this free throw versus uh, three point battle. The Warriors need to convert and. A guy we have all reloved, Chuck. I think you probably you both of you guys. I, I am hot and cold with anybody, man. I'd probably be I, I I would hate if any of these guys ever met me, they'd all take turns just beating the shit out of me. So I'm glad I don't know them personally. But uh <laughs> I want to keep seeing Moses out there, man. I think Moody is an ideal replacement for Dante given his struggles right now. Um Dante, we thought was not we thought to be clear, this guy could turn around and have a great game tomorrow. I don't want to take that away from him, but um Moody is he's he's hustling on both ends. He's hitting open shots. And he's like we mentioned earlier, Chuck, you said it specifically, man. He's just not scared. He's not scared out there of anything. He's not scared to die for a loose ball. He's not scared to take a big shot. He makes a lot of big shots. Um, there's the Moses is always ready jokes that are that are totally accurate. So I'm hoping Kerr can uh ditch what we I hope again, we all love Curry here, big big Kerr guys. He doesn't like the young guys too much, right? Or doesn't like playing the young guys too much. Okay. I hope we can kind of uh, abandon that a little bit and reward a guy who's been pretty steadfast and pretty patient all year and who has showed up for him, showed up for the Warriors the biggest moments over the last two seasons. If you're just looking at the playoffs in Moses Moody and get him out there. He's he's got length to bother uh some Warriors or some Lakers perimeter players who aren't uh who who aren't equipped to handle long decently quick i don't know if you want to call Moses quick but he's got the he's got the chop tank defensively i think in this series and he offers more shooting than dante does so that's my guy love it we're already on the uh we're already on the the game to uh what we want to see expectations man what what uh, any key adjustments that you you've seen or that you saw from from game one um offense defense and uh let's get let's, let's uh as always man a little, little prediction action how are we feeling about game two but um, Chuck, take me away, man. What what's some of the uh, what are what are a couple of adjustments you think the Warriors have to make um, to to not go down two zero again, and this time not you're obviously giving away home court, but to really dig yourself a deeper hole. Yeah, so I think we might see a bit of an extended Steph leash, especially in the first half. Um, you know, one thing. There is a lot of historical precedent. Like, if you are coming off a game seven and the other team is rested, uh, you know, if they've gotten out in six, five, four, whatever it is, uh, you're way more likely to lose that game. 
because you're usually coming off one day's rest. They've had three or four. Um, but the fact that the Lakers look like a more tired team at the end of the game, you know, I think that's a weakness that the Warriors can really exploit. Uh, you know, maybe give Steph a couple first half minutes and try to put the Lakers in a bit more of a hole uh, if you can. You know, it was pretty close through that first half. I think if you go in with a, you know, try to push it towards a double-digit lead going in the half, give Steph some extra time, um, that's the adjustment I'd like to see them make. Uh, and I think, I mean, we've seen it time and time again with this team, man. Like, they're they're at their home court. They just lost a really rough game. They're going to be looking at all the numbers, all the, you know, what should have happened, could have, should have, whatever. Uh like they're gonna bounce back in this game. Um, one other thing I want to see: uh, we've talked about, we've talked endlessly about our dude Kavon. <laughs> um, I just gotta rattle this off, man. Just to shout out, just to shout out to the guy how insane he's been. Last six playoff games: <laughs> uh, twenty boards, nine assists; fourteen boards, six assists; twenty-two boards, seven assists; thirteen boards, one assist. 21 boards, four assists, and then 23 and five last against the Lakers. Dude, like, actually the best. He's the Dennis Rodman of this era now. What the hell is going on? It's it's getting ridiculous, man. Like the guy is just so. I, I still can't. I still can't believe that it's like like within our Warrior circle, we always talk about Kavon Looney, and then outside of it, people are just kind of like, oh, oh yeah, like Kavon Looney, the that. guy, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like no, he can't move. It's not crazy. Yeah, this is what he. This is what he does now. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you guys see Kevin Garnett's. That is no shade on James Wiseman, but Kevin Garnett had this little segment the other day where he's talking about Looney being a dog, basically, and he's like, "That you motherfucker looks like low. he's seventy-five years old out there, and he's grabbing twenty-five rebounds." He'd be guarding. and be Djokovic. That's hilarious, man. Right, man, um, what's the adjustment for you, man? What What do you feel? No, it's it's nothing that hasn't been said this far, man. I mean, I I think um, I I just want to see this team attack. I want to see them play aggressive, man. I want to see them under like again, just whether it's Steph, whether it's Clay, whether it's Pool. The Warriors have an extreme perimeter advantage in this series, offensively at least. I want to see them exploit that however they can. Um, I I, I just. They got to stay disciplined. They did a good job not turning the ball over yesterday for the most part, if I recall correctly, but I that's nothing we haven't said thus far. I know who we want to see. I kind of know what I want the Warriors to do. We've talked about it. Um, I'm sure we'll see. We, everyone, we've seen this all over the place, but I'm sure we'll see the Warriors in in some zone tomorrow because, again, it it, it's gonna, the team can't shoot the ball well, right? And uh, unfortunately, they also have one of the great geniuses of all time, LeBron, who if there's anybody who could pick apart a Warriors zone that will inevitably have little holes in it, that's probably the right guy, but who knows, okay? Um, predictions, I guess, huh? So, guys, my my soul is in a dumpster far away from here. Um, I don't feel good about this series, but again, I can't help it. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to not to be a prisoner of whatever happened to me five minutes ago. Okay. Um, with that being said, I'm gonna try to be realistic. The Warriors are an excellent home team. They have Steph Curry. Um. I don't see them losing twice in a row to a Laker team that we all noticed looked a little gas at the end there. Uh, I'm saying Warriors. I'm going to say the Warriors win by seven or eight. I'll say one sixteen. Well, I mean, and I'll, actually, it's going to sound like I'm I'm incapable of doing math. 
I'm going to say 116-104. We'll say a 12-point win for our Dubs. They're five-point favorites. Vegas can't be wrong two times in a row. They're, you know what I mean? It's going to happen. The Warriors will cover uh, 1-1 going to L.A. Warriors up 3-1, boys, by the time Monday evening rolls around. That's right. That's right. I'm with you, man. Uh, the one adjustment I want to see is Draymond on AD. I said it earlier, um, and I think that you can play off Vando. So the way they're playing the Warriors um, by by sagging off of Draymond and Looney, um, I think the Warriors can do it right back to the Lakers um, and make them adjust. Um, and it'll go for the fair, like you said. Um, they got they got the perimeter players three beats two. Um, make that make that count. Um, prediction wise. I honestly feel good about the series um, in general. I think that if you, I was telling Chuck earlier on the, uh, before we hopped on, it feels kind of like a Boston-esque series where once the Warriors are able to make the right tweaks, um, they, they can, they can really rattle off some wins. Um, we've seen them do it. They did it in the King series. They did it against Boston last year, done it for the dynasty. So um, I think they do take care of business tomorrow night. I think it is a, semi-comfortable win. Um, I think it's close, you know, till halftime and then we get a, a vintage a Warriors second half, put it away, kind of similar to the the game three, I want to say. I don't know if the Warriors, if that even felt not that close. But I'll go with solid. I like 116-104. That was a good, that was a good uh, prediction right there, Matt. But 1-1 coming to L.A. Um, and uh, let's, uh, let's go from there, man. It's, it's the West Conference semis. And uh, Steph, LeBron, it's really Steph versus AD. Um, this is, is very much Anthony Davis's team. Um, as much as we love the uh, the Steph LeBron stuff, but uh, find a way to slow to Anthony Davis, and the Warriors should be doing just fine in the series. As always, boys, anything to, anything to shout out before we get out of here? I got nothing to shout out right now, but I do want to say it does feel like a series where if AD is the best player, they're going to win. You know what I mean? That feels like it's going to be a thing all yeah. series long. Uh, shout outs. No, like I said, nothing. Keep following us, guys. Keep following GSW Fast Break. Um, hop on to AMP, please. Um, follow Chuckster, follow Gotham, but you guys can plug yourself while you do it. Sorry. Yes, sir. Um, at Claytheist11, it always just dropped my uh, most recent piece. Very interesting look into uh, the side effects of what happens to guys who guard Steph Curry. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not fun for them. Really, really fun stuff. Digging into the data um, about how it affects their offensive performance. You can check that out on theswishtheory.com. And uh, like Matt said, check us out on AMP. We got uh, quite the special show coming up for post game this weekend. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely be having some uh, teasers out for that this week. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, check us out. As always, man, go Dubs, um, tie this shit up, and uh, go, go steal one back in L.A. But uh, until the next episode, man, peace.